0: Hallelujah, good morning Church of God, family of Jesus, and um, John gave me permission that we're going to minister to you guys up until around two o'clock, are you ready? (laughs) I see some of the God of Ragabush coming out somewhere. (laughs) It's such a glorious privilege to stand on the stage today. We, um, we really feel at home, and um, it's glorious that we can be church family in this city. Just a little bit of background bet- uh, between me and Vileana. We've been married for just over um, 27 years now, been in a relationship for another four years, and it's been mostly uh, heaven now and again. <laughs> it wasn't because of me, but the fact is... Uh, The Lord called me to ministry when I was about 14 years old, started out as a worship pastor, and um, I think just in coming to this city in 1998, part of the Doxodio movement, we are so excited about the relationship that has grown between churches in the city. I'll end with that uh, when we get to the end, but I want you to open your Bible and turn with me to John chapter 15. We want to give our full attention to what the Holy Spirit is saying from the scriptures to you individually, to us as a church, and I do believe some of what you will hear today is some of the core messages that we echo, we see echoed in other parts of the world as the body of Christ is, its attention is drawn to similar elements. So let's just work through this up until verse 8. And then I would like to highlight a couple of elements from John chapter 15. I am the true vine. My father is the gardener. Some of the translations say he's the vine dresser. And what Jesus does here is he gives us a worldview statement. He uses a metaphor. And by the way, no metaphor is ever perfect. So we don't make theology out of the metaphor We go back to what Jesus is saying. He says, the departure point of your life asks the question, is Jesus the vine or are you the vine? And the basic difference is the understanding that He is the source of life. I am a branch. He is the vineyard. He is the vine. It is in that understanding also, number two, that He says, my Father is the gardener. It means that God is a hands-on God. He is participating in every facet of our existence. Every facet. And it's an invitation. It's an invitation that continues in verse two where it says, this branch, you, you, If you bear fruit, he will take his own hands and he will prune you so that you can continue to be even more fruitful. It is an absolute conviction of my heart that our God is a God of abundance. And his promise is that we will have life and we will have it in abundance. So sometimes in our own mindset... There's this mentality of lack, of struggle that comes into our hearts because of our practical experiences. But this is the way that Jesus views the world and is challenging you and me to see the world from his perspective. Now, by the way, I have seen so many Christians, when you plug into Jesus, you begin to grow and you become strong. In 1 John 2, he talks about children and babies But then he speaks about young men who are strong in the word and the power of God is in their lives. And very often when a vine grows, it doesn't just grow grapes, it also grows leaves. And it can be that in some instances we become so self-centered and we're so excited about our own growth that the Father says, I need to prune away some of the self in you so that you will continue to grow even more fruit. Life is tough, but that is the way that we grow. If we don't ever have any kind of challenge in our lives, it will Uh, reduce the rate at which you are growing. So we want to embrace that and say, yes, Father, I want to be more fruitful. Can I now and again ask you for just a statement of faith or some response? Would you say with me, yes, Father, I want to be more fruitful. Let's say it. Yes, Father, I want to be more fruitful. So I will allow, I will celebrate when sometimes you cut away elements of myself so that more of you can be released Now let's continue then as we go to verse 4. It says these words now. he says, all right, I am the vine, you are the branches, and the outcome of that is going to be fruit and more fruit. So here's the challenge. And I came this morning to you individually, but to you collectively. I sense the Lord saying, remain in me. Remain in me. Remain in me. I've already made up my mind, he says. I will remain in you. I am asking you to respond. Everything of the gospel is a reaction, a response to God's initiative. He loved us first. And now He says, love me with all your heart. It is in the discovery of His initiative that we can respond. It's not me taking the first step. Everything in the gospel is a reaction. The Holy Spirit drawing us to the Father. And then we are saying, yes. Everything is God's initiative. And we live under that initiative. Remain in me. I want to come back to that in a couple of minutes. But let's just go to verse 5. I am the vine. You are the branches. Then if you remain in me. And I've already said I will remain in you. You will bear much fruit. It's a new word. He said more fruit in the previous verse. And now he's talking about ...much fruit. And we want to ask Lord, what does that mean for us today? Because apart from me, you can't do anything. And then in verse 8, the song ends with a crescendo. This is to the glory of my Father. That you will bear much fruit. And that fruit has everything to do with discipleship. Being a disciple, making disciples... So shall we take this piece of scripture and focus our attention, number one, to this statement. I believe in the glorious mystery of God's presence. The glorious mystery. What do I mean with a glorious mystery? You see, God is here. God, you won't believe it, is also in your car as you're driving down the N1 South and you experience the frustration of the traffic in Gauteng and some taxi elements in it and you you have this moment where, you know, I wish I was back in Choose Life Church on Sunday where we sang and had glorious experience of the presence of God. And would you allow the Scriptures... To come and ask the question, if he is the vine and I am the branch, when am I in him? When is he in me? Just in church gatherings? Just in church meetings? Or can we understand today that globally God is challenging the church to become aware of his glorious presence also outside of spiritual gatherings like this it is the awareness of God's presence that we are talking about he made up his mind he is present everywhere and that's why he is putting a demand on you and me to remain in him I don't think there's a better way to explain this than to use my marriage so we have been married like I said for a couple of decades praise the Lord and this is a testimony to that Um, The fact that I am not an individual anymore. I is a union. (laughs) I see there is some Afrikaners here. (laughs) I am a union. And you, some of you are married. Wave at me please if you're married. All right. So your spouse may be sitting next to you and your spouse is present. uh, Mostly. Amen? (laughs) Ladies? (laughs) He's present mostly. So I want to challenge you now just to take the hand of your spouse. You can do it with your children as well. Just as an example, what has suddenly happened is that your awareness of the one who is close to you has gone to a new level. It's exactly the same way with the fact that we are a union as Christians We've been united with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in Christ. We are in a union with the Godhead. But the question is, are we doing those? Are we remaining in Him? Are we doing those little things, the discipline of our week, the awareness in my car, instead of shouting at uh, whatever, that at that moment, I just talk to the Lord about what's happening to me. It's remaining, it's lifting my awareness of His presence. And we believe in this city that there's going to be a flood of the awareness of the presence of God with you and I remaining in Him. Remaining. Remaining when I get into my car, when I go home. Because that actually is where we bear fruit. And, and we love, in the Doctaro family last year at our, at our conference, somebody used this metaphor And it has been such a statement of truth for us. Would you consider this, that in a Formula One race, the car in that Formula One race was not designed for the pit stop. The pit stop is to equip that racing vehicle for the track. And similarly, you and I were not designed for church activities. The church is the mechanism. It is the pit stop where we are equipped and we are prepared for life. We also bear fruit in the church because we are a body, the body of Christ. But the main purpose of this fruit is that other people around us will experience John 15 verse 5. I'm the vine, you are the branch. If you remain in me and I remain in you, you will bear much fruit because apart from me you cannot do quality family you cannot be a quality parent you cannot be effective in business apart from me you cannot change the world you cannot be the salt or the light you cannot be but it comes with a first demand remain in me now by the way i do believe yeah amen 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 i do believe have you ever seen a vine that has the sweat dripping off it as it is trying to bear fruit. I'm going to push out that grape on the end of this branch. (laughs) It's such a stupid idea, but sometimes we do it. We do it with our Father. um, We say, Lord, I'm going to put in the effort and I'm going to change and I'm going to, I'm going to be more loving and peaceful. And the, you know, the Bible talks about the fruit of the Spirit. Hello? Yes. Which is the result of one focus remaining in Him. Remaining in Him. Now before we come back to that, let's just talk about, I think, the two reasons why, the, why Jesus used the metaphor of fruit here. The very first reason is that fruit brings nutrition. You eat it, and it satisfies you. Uh, Especially grapes. And you can see there's a hunger and excitement there on that picture to enjoy that fruit. And it is true that John 10 verse 10 says it, and this John has prayed it a couple of times. Um, (laughs) It's the gospel according to John that... (laughs) (laughs) Jesus says, I came so that you may have life in abundance. And we understand that. We see ourselves on the receiving end. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to take it. We say in Afrikaans, I just pull it into my identity. You came so that I can have abundance. But there's a second purpose for fruit, which is the higher purpose nutrition, yes. But reproduction, the real purpose of fruit is in the seed. And that's why Jesus connects this to discipleship. And I am telling you again that there's a move of God across the planet where the corporate identity of the calling of God is stirred again. We are a royal priesthood, there are not just a couple of professional priests. And the church is bearing fruit. It is reproducing everywhere we go. You're sitting here today and I'm wondering what it would look like if you began to quote John chapter 10 verse 10. Where you say, my family will have abundance because I have come to this family. My city will have abundance because I have come to this city. There will be life in abundance everywhere I go. A couple of prophecies in the Psalms echo this, where they say when we walk through a desert, it will change into springs of living water behind us. And there's this expectation, as I remain in Him, that things around me will be changed by the reproducing of that remaining, of that relationship. It is the purpose of fruit to bear the purpose of the vine, to bear much fruit. This is to my Father's glory. Now, for the next couple of minutes, I want to go to the most important part of this sermon now. And this is the part wherein you and I have a choice to surrender to God's word, to say, Lord, you're speaking to me, and I want to say yes to your word. And I sense in my heart as I was preparing for today That the Lord wants to draw our attention in this room. The people who are here today to this calling. You have been called to bear much fruit. Much fruit. Much fruit. Lord, what are you saying? Let's start with the first one. Are you ready? God has his mind set on your home. There are so many movements of God in the past that were locked up in church revivals and did not spill over into quality family life. And I believe that the the first place where we have to remain in Him is at home. It's the first place. To be a spiritual giant in a meeting like this is easy. But when I get into my car... And my children, praise the Lord for them. Ivonique, 24 years old, getting married in April. And I, 21 years old. A lot of study, grace needed for that one. And then the last one, uh, Naledi. We are fostering Naledi. And God has brought a family together. They know me. I can impress you on the stage but they see me when I watch the rugby and there are some interesting communicative elements with the referee on the other side of the screen. The question is, if the pastor is a massive giant on stage, but I'm not able to translate that back to those who know me. I've always said, Lord, those who know me the best. I want them to respect me the most. I do do not want to impress people from a distance. There's a call. There's a call. Our city, our nation, our world is breaking down because of the lack of quality family relationships. If the kingdom of God can just go there, just go there, great churches producing great families, we will bear much, much, much fruit much fruit. And then secondly, secondly, like I said, I really sense that the Lord is saying, give your attention to the second question. You will spend between 45 60 hours a week in your so-called work space. It's your place of responsibility. If you're just a mother at home, that is your current place of responsibility. If you're a student, you won't believe it. That is your current place of responsibility, and so many of us are on our way somewhere else. I am on my way to a different work. I'm just doing this as a stepping stone. I'm just studying here because I'm going to have a great love someday, a great life someday, somewhere. Now I have another Afrikaans prophecy for you. Wherever you is, there you are. <laughs> And I sense in my heart that the story of Joseph was put in the scriptures so that God could remind me and you what it would look like if we remain in him in our workspace. Joseph was sold as a slave to Potiphar's house, and he was given without any rights or privileges. He was given probably the responsibility of cleaning something. I Can imagine? That's where he started. And the Bible says that Joseph cleaned and did what he did not enjoy. Come on, Christian fraternity. He did what he did not enjoy at such a level. At the end of the story, Potiphar says, I know that God is with you because I can feel the favor on my house since you came onto this property. What is the testimony of the place where you are functioning Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday? Do they sense the favor of God because you are there? And doesn't it say that I see much fruit through you in in the workspaces of our Monday through to Friday, Because of a dedication to excellence. By the way, the question is, do you work for your boss? Or do you understand what Paul said in Colossians? That I work for Jesus. He's my boss. I do not report to you in the first instance. Joseph was sold as a slave. Joseph became a prisoner. Joseph became a prince. And he did exactly the same thing. Exactly the same thing. How this city and how this nation needs people who will bear much fruit. Who will in our workspace remain in Him. I don't know what that means to you, but I know that it challenges me at the deepest level of my faith. As a worship pastor, for many years, much of my focus was to the stage and to what would happen on a Sunday and God began to push me out of church activities, into relationships with schools, and all kinds of levels in society, where I started struggling with this, Lord, the church is the pit stop. You're preparing us for the real race, for what we are doing at home, at work, and then lastly, also in our city, in society. There are five giants in this nation. One of them is the the, 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 the work or the um, jobless situation in our country. What does the want know for that? Person. Hallelujah, thank you. Unemployment. <laughs> the second one is just the depth of challenge in healthcare. The other one is just the crisis that we have with, with crime. And I continue with this list. And I ask the question, Lord, what is my responsibility in regards to this? You know, when we go home and we work in our workspaces, we become confronted with life in society. What did Jesus have in mind when he said, John, John, Valiana, Mandri, you guys, you, you are the light of the world. What did he have in mind when he spoke about us being the salt of the earth? I think we are seeing some of it in our city. Garsfontein Police Station. And so many other civil organizations are at a point of crisis. And we saw in recent years how the church, different churches, different people, just connected with that police station. They were in the bottom end of production as far as policing is concerned. And just loving them, encouraging the staff, took them to the third best police station in our city. And the crime rate has dropped in dropping because of that. It's simply understanding what it means to remain in Him also in society. We have different passions and different gift sets. But I am, I am sensing in my heart, as, as we are plugged in as a gospel movement, we are part of Love Pretoria East. Love Pretoria East is plugged into the Chuanet Church Leaders Forum. That gospel movement is plugged into movement.org, which is a global movement of city movements who are asking the question, what would it look like if the church became fully alive in its city? If you remain in me, you will bear much, much fruit. Praise the Lord for the purple city that we live in. I'm so glad that I studied in Johannesburg because I do not relate exam pressure to the color purple. (laughs) purple to me is a glorious color but isn't it so glorious that that color is unifying our city and you know Thursday evening coming Thursday evening me and John uh, with our spouses and another 40 church leaders of the city leaders of networks of churches Leaders of fraternals spreading across Harankua and Soshongue and Atheridgeville and every suburb of the city are coming together for a spit braai. <laughs> 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 To pray together, to be together, and to ask one question Father, how will we love this city into your kingdom? such glorious things are happening in our world just me being on the stage and the friendship and the relationship I've seen so many faces that represent stunning ministries in our city praise the Lord for the unity that he's brought in our city and I want to I want to honor that family today the Raybert family for decades they've paved the way for what God is doing in our city today i want to love you guys and appreciate you we are truly standing on the shoulders of, of giants. Can we, can, would you stand with me for three or four minutes of prayer, a time of prayer? And um, we have some uh, background music that's just going to set the mood a little bit. And I want to ask you for one minute in your mind to go back to your home and just ask the Lord, Lord. What is your word for my family for this season? Lord, give me a word. Give me a focus. I will say yes to my calling to go out of this pit stop and to go and live the kingdom at home. Let's pray. Let's, Let's just out loud, gently and softly, just say, Lord, here's my family. I dedicate my home to you and my responsibility to my house. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that we can pray. Thank you for your love. You love me. Lord we cry out to you for our families and the families in the city there's so much brokenness in the homes of our nation and we are praying for your grace to come and rule Lord thank you that fathers will stand up as leaders and that mothers will experience how God brings nurturing empowering love and that children will understand their calling of their destiny thank you Jesus For the next minute or so, let's go to our workplace, whatever that is to you. And let's go plant the flag in the spirit where we say the banner of the Lord Jesus Christ will hang over every business and every endeavor that is represented in this room. I'm going to leave you for another minute. Let's pray with earnestness in our prayers and our heart. and say, Lord, let your kingdom come in our worksplaces. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We are just trusting. And we're going to sing that we love you, Lord, at home. We're going to sing that we love you in our work environments. And now, Father, we're looking to every civil organization in our country. We're looking to what's happening in local governance. It's broken, Lord. And we are just asking for godly leadership to say yes and to stand up to be appointed. May we see the Josephs of our time take responsibility as far as governance. When we talk to education, and when we talk to to crime, and we talk to all of these different areas, we are just saying, Lord, show us the initiative, the creativity that you want to bring in our union with you. Lord, we say, we have come so that the city can have life in abundance. It's the capital of our nation. May this nation go according to the city. May this continent go according to the city, Father. And it's not just positive thinking and positive speech today, Lord. It's like the book of James that says, if you hear my word, go and do it. And we are saying yes, Lord. We are saying yes, Lord. Amen. Come on, let's say amen. Amen. Let it be that way. Bless you, guys. Thank you very much. Amen. Thank you, brother John. Don't move just yet. There is a real sense of purpose in this place today and realize that God has created you, ordained you to fulfill a purpose in your family, in your work environment, in your society. He's prepared you. Many years ago, He prepared works for you to fulfill. And so we want to say just amen to the word that has been shared today. Have you been blessed? Can we thank Brother John and Viliana Simons?